1: Alrighty, we're back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name's Dave Renninger. I'm with Alan Gilman. And uh, we have an email from a young lady by the name of Mary. And she writes, now happy fair, she bought this car used, the 2017 Chevy Cruze. Mm -hmm. And she's saying that when she comes to a stop, the engine shuts off and she doesn't understand why. Yet when she takes her foot off the brake, the engine starts right up and away she goes. Great little car, she says. It's PFM. Yes, RTFM. PFM.
0: (laughs) Pure magic. Uh, A lot, you know, RTFM, Dave, we used to have T-shirts that read that. eh? Yes, exactly. Because so often as a mechanic, you know, somebody comes by with a car and says, I don't understand it. The two back windows, they don't go up and down. (laughs) Okay. Or I can't open up the door. I think I'm in a police car. Those are things that manufacturers have put in the vehicle. To assist you, to help you. You know, so, of course, if you're driving around with the grandkids in the car and they want to start throwing crap out the window, it stops you, them, from opening up the window unless you give them that authority. Same thing. So this is where you have to read the owner's manual. But, like, you mentioned it's a used car, right? Yeah, she bought a used. So on a good day, people don't read the owner's manual, right? Now, because it's a used car, she may not even have gotten one.
1: And not just that, Some nobody instructed her that that's a normal situation in modern cars. Yet, you can shut it off. Some cars have a shut-off switch.
0: Exactly. So, in other words, this option on this lady's car is there to help save gas, okay? Yes. And that's why they put it in the car. There's lots of vehicles that have automatic shutdown. In fact, I was in Europe two years ago uh, after my on my anniversary, and I couldn't believe it. I was in a, a standard shift car, and it was relatively new, but I thought it was basic. And sure enough, as soon as I put the clutch and, and my foot on the brake, the car shut off. And kidding. I went...
1: I we went, oh, it stalled. <laughs> now, I have a 17 Cadillac, yes. and it shuts off, but there's no way to shut off the shutoff. They don't give you that option, Th- eh? So I figured out that when the hood's open, somebody's servicing the engine, it's not to shut off. Yeah, but you're so a So I disconnected the hood switch, Uh-huh. and now the bugger just stays running all the time. And but the alarm doesn't go off in the middle of the night? No, but I have a red light on the dash that says, <laughs> that's, that's there's something I- wrong with my hood. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to fix it with a piece of electrical tape or something. So the bottom line here is, if you're driving your car, learn your car, see what it is, what it does, see all the options that it has, and RTFM is read the F in manual. And you know what? It's it's easier than that. Today,
0: anything that you want to find out about or learn to operate, you go to YouTube. Yes. And you go to YouTube and you just type in, "How do I operate my new air fryer?" And next thing you know, you get some lady there who's going. Hi, my name's Francis. I live down in Florida here, and, and I'm going to show you how to use your new air fryer. It's absolutely true. I'm also going to
1: include some recipes <laughs> on your favorite desserts that you can make in there. It's so true. So don't be afraid. Get on the Internet, and uh, the information is there. And the other thing is, is that it's actually not safe to realize that the car has different options, and you're not utilizing them you could actually put yourself in danger.
0: Huge problem. And that's what I, I might be concerned there. For example, you know, my newer car now has what they call active cruise control. Okay. So in other words, if you're in the, you set your cruise and all of a sudden your car is overtaking somebody or catching up to somebody, your speed will automatically slow down because the radar tells it that there's a car in front of you. Now, that would be fine if you have it. But let's say you're, you're, you're a younger person. You're, you're in an older car that has cruise control that's not active. It's, it's passive. And you're assuming that, well, if it's, you know, I can just leave it on cruise and I can sort of, you know, just shoot the breeze with my girlfriend here. No, you can't do that uh, because you will
1: have an accident. Well, I'll tell you what happened to me, remember? It's, it actually slammed on the brakes. So I was just trying to change lanes. Right. Because it thought I was going to hit the car in front of me. So the vehicle actually, with active cruise control, shut the car off, slammed on the brakes, and I almost uh, i took out the wife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now you have to make sure you have an extra pair of shorts in the I car. I refuse
1: to drive that car. I hate that car.
0: Well, look, it's... at last weekend, there was a terrible accident in Texas where two people were killed in a Texas, oh. te- Tesla. And they, they, they're, they're trying to determine now, because apparently there was nobody in the driver's seat.
1: No, they jumped in the back seat.
0: And they're wondering now, was the car on autopilot? Did the autopilot not work? Or was it not even on? I mean, could these characters have put the car in drive and just gotten in the backseat thinking that it's going to drive by itself?
1: Now there's going to be new legislation for uh, cars that actually run themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, the technology is not there yet. It's just too much going on.
0: You don't think we'll have... uh Totally you know, self-driving vehicles uh, Well,
1: Cadillac has what's called Super Cruise Right And Super Cruise is okay for the highway uh, As long as there's no snow on the ground And it can read the, uh, the, the lines It's yes. actually reading the hash marks on the road uh-huh. Do you know how far those hash marks are apart? No Ten feet Really? Can you imagine how fast you're going when they're ten feet apart Especially if you go fast long? enough,
0: you think it's a solid line Yeah You don't and even it, realize
1: They're ten feet long and they're ten feet apart Wow It's amazing so the bottom line is, yes, technology is changing. Yes, we have to get used to it, but the reality is, it's not going to be overnight.
0: Right, and uh, and and if you're not sure, yes, you know, spend a little bit of time to look into it. Like I say, you can YouTube anything. I mean, we have it. You know, people come in and say, "Ah, uh, can you change the battery in my key fob?" And and yes, it is so easy to do, but you just need to know how. And 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 you know, next thing you know, it's like hello. My name is Boris. I'm going to show you on your Mercedes how to change the battery. Okay? You don't need to go to a dealer. don't need to spend huge dollars. Actually, I saw some lady put up on Facebook the other day. She, she thought that, oh, if it's dead, it needs to be reprogrammed, and you've got to go yes. to the dealer only. That's not the case at all. You know, you, you go to the watch store where you get your batteries cheap. You can find them there. The and guy you can, swaps it out. No time at all.
1: Exactly. Is there a warning on the dash? Yes yes, 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 <laughs> yes.
0: There is. On most cars, there's a little picture of a battery. Yeah. Now, a lot of people think it's the car battery, but in <laughs> fact, it's the key fob battery. It, exactly right. And we had a Mercedes in this week that called CEA because their car didn't start, and guess
1: what? It, it was the key. It was the key. There you go. So there are little, little facts of little worth and less consequence, and we'll be right back with uh, Brian Max and EVs. electrifying. stay tuned. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, We have Brian Max on the phone. Brian is with uh, – Brian, who are you with? I'm with me. There you go. I'm
2: all over the Internet, and the rest of the automotive world is me. And, of course, my name is always difficult to spell. It's M-A-K-S-E, so just drop that into Google, and you'll find me everywhere.
0: And I understand we're not going to be able to smell any exhaust gas through this next
1: segment.
2: Well, at least yours, Al. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Want to pull my finger? Uh, There you go. Okay. We're We're not going there. (laughs) Brian, we're going to talk about EV, which is electric vehicles. Uh, Everybody is building them. Everybody's building them.
2: Everybody and some new players, too. So I'll tell you a little bit of a, a story. A few weeks ago, I'm, I'm driving around in, in Southern California, and I spot two new electric mules by a company called Rivian, brand-new company. Uh, Ford's invested, and they're coming to market with a an SUV and a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And I saw these two mules flying down, down the road. I Threw a camera on my car, chased them down, and they are just some of the coolest things I've seen in a really, really long time.
1: You know, when cars first came out, there was hundreds and hundreds of car makes, and then it boiled down to uh, I don't know ten. But is that the same thing that's going to happen here?
2: I, I think so. And and what you know what's happening for you know for example Pininfarina, the great design company that was behind a lot of Ferrari designs, they have. It, they've got some investment, and and they're going to be building uh, a a skateboard, if you will. That's you know what the, what a lot of EV makers call it. So battery in the bottom of the chassis, two electric motors on either end, and they're going to put different bodies on them. So their plan is to do you know a regular sedan and an SUV, maybe a truck and crossovers of different sizes, and maybe sports cars. But they've got this skateboard platform that can be adapted to all kinds of different things. So Pininfarina and Farina has never really been in a, they've never really been a car maker, but now their, their plan is to do that. And I think yes, we're going to see right. a lot of that just like Rivian and, and uh, Lordstown, all these, all these small companies that are, that are starting to make waves, but I think they're just going to get absorbed by bigger car makers in the end. Well, so that's the whole,
0: the whole part of it. The whole point is what, well, you know, why be redundant, right? You know, we can always buy that, that chassis with that. That's already done. Why, you know, so you can make a, a hot new body and and do some other options, but you know why why tinker with something that's that doesn't need fixing?
2: That's right, and and you know there there's some there's a lot of innovation, obviously, right now in the electric vehicle space and and some of the very specific technology, but then there, there's a lot of sharing going on as well. So GM and. And Honda have partnered. Yes. So they're they're developing their own common chassis as well. But it you know, this year is a really exciting year because there are so many cool EVs hitting the market. When I when I was in California recently I saw the, the Volkswagen I D four, which is like a a Tiguan sized crossover, but it's all electric and it's the coolest looking thing. But what I will say is somebody who likes going fast and, and all that stuff, what what I really want to see are more sports cars that are Pure electric, and we're not quite there yet.
1: Okay, another well, big problem we've got too yeah, is, is, is infrastructure. infrastructure. Yeah, I mean that's the elephant in the room: is that you can't it, get these things charged.
2: Ah, uh, that's the thing. So uh, recently, I had a uh, uh, the Polestar electric, which is sort of a division of Volvo, and lovely car. But even in EV forward Southern California, I had a really hard time finding a fast charger. I could find the normal chargers no problem. Uh-huh. But when I was driving around, I had a really hard time finding a fast charger. And the same thing in Toronto. When when I'm in the city, I have a really difficult time finding quick chargers. No problem with 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 slow chargers. And unless you're driving a Tesla, which has their own proprietary fast charging network, it's kind of difficult to go from you know say Toronto to, to Montreal. That you know they're 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 promising that this this fast charging network's um, coming. But even today, as someone who tests drives, these EVs, the fast charging network is not developed for anything other than a Tesla.
1: So where do we see this? As EVs run around the city, and if you're doing cross-country, you're going to be in a gas car?
2: Uh, well, for the time being, yes, or you're going to take a really long time charging your car between drives, that's yeah. for sure.
1: Well, how many di- have they not?
0: Uh, obviously, Tesla is not the same as everybody else, but has everybody else sort of been on the same plate as far as you know you i'm having the same plug the same cable the same capacity um like how many different kind of charge stations will there be
2: well right you know right now i think the the, te- the technology is there where the fast charging stuff does it does exist but it just hasn't been deployed into a physical charging network especially here in in canada so you know the 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 chargers the the plugs and all that they're all pretty standard so no no matter what kind of ev you're driving you can always charge it Mm -hmm. even if you're out and about but the, the 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 trouble is the is the quick charging and how most people are going to deal with that is they're gonna they're gonna have an electric and that's going to be their around town car and they it might be able to go you know four hundred kilometers something like that but they're going to charge it at home at night at you know what's called a, a level two charger a two forty volt uh, charger and that way they can charge the car overnight no problem but the you know again the challenge is if you want to go to Montreal you want to go to Windsor well that might take a little longer
1: so what you're really saying is a hybrid is the right thing to do. Because you don't have range anxiety.
2: That's right. And there, you know what? There are a lot of great plug-in hybrids. Um, and, and a lot of manufacturers have them. I like the what Volvo's doing because they've tuned them to be a little more performance-oriented. So you've got a quick car and you've got an efficient car. I drove the Toyota RAV4 Prime, which is a plug-in hybrid. And they, again, made that a little more performance-oriented. So it goes 0 to 60 in nearly 5 seconds. It's wow. a quick little thing. But... Right now, I think that's the answer, Dave, is, is, you know, if you're looking at something right now and need to go places right now, you might want to plug in hybrid.
0: Speaking of going places, we're running out of track. we got to (laughs) get out of here. Brian, how does people see your videos?
2: Uh, Anytime on YouTube. Every Saturday and every Wednesday, we've got new episodes at uh, Brian Max M-A-K-S-E, on YouTube. And Uh,
0: the nice thing is, you guys who love hot cars, you can even get a hot electric. So that's good, except it don't last very long. Brian, thanks a lot. Have yourself a great weekend.
3: You too. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank All you, right. Brian. After the break, we're going to be talking to Mike Wilson from Haggerty Car Collecting Insurance. We'll be right back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Alan Gelman. Beside me is uh, David Redinger. That's and this me. is Dave's Corner Garage, of course. <laughs> and on the phone, we've got Mike Wilson from Haggerty Collector Car Insurance. But it always wasn't collector cars, was it, Mike?
3: No, how's it going, guys? Morning, going uh, great. Good, good, you good guys good started day. in
0: some other business.
3: We, we did, actually, yeah. So, great segue there. Thanks for uh, letting me join you guys this morning. Uh, I brought the sunshine with me. But, yeah, we definitely did not start as a collector car uh, insurance company, I guess. So, we actually started back in 1984. Give you a quick little rundown here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank and Louise Haggerty, they had a big passion for vintage watercrafts and wooden-hauled boats. So back in '84, they actually created a, an agreed policy, agreed value policy, to insure those uh, vintage watercrafts. And uh, again, they recognized a, a critical gap in the market for insurance for another passion that they had which uh, eventually saw in 1991, a couple of years later, the introduction of a policy that combined what we know now of the agreed value, flexible usage and our specialized claim service. So it wasn't until roughly about 1991 that we saw the Haggerty brand arrive. But definitely, yeah, we, we started out as a vintage boat, watercraft uh, coverage. Mike, we, we should actually
1: talk about the empathy, what you guys are actually have a claim. I think that's the most important thing about your company is that you're, you're dealing with an emotional product. It's my, it's my toy. It's my it's, baby. It's my baby. And you guys are so empathetic about the, when there's a problem. Talk about that.
3: Definitely. A lot of these vehicles, um, there's, there's a lot of passion and, like you said, enthusiasm that the clients and the members they have with these vehicles and in a lot of cases too there's sentimental value maybe it belonged in the family member so it is it is a very um hard situation to to deal with a claim on these types of vehicles so um basically what we've created here uh with the hagerty brand is is we've got dedicated claims representatives that are specialized in classic and collector car just not your antique stuff collector car restoration um, and they're available seven days a week as well and uh, we we, we open it up to um, if there is an incident you can always access it online so all of our online notices claims notices actually have a 24-hour turnaround time with a very very efficient settlement process Um, most of our claims are actually paid within 15 days and I think a big part Um, of our claims uh, commitment is we actually uh, offer original replacement parts and we also assist with part sourcing so some of these hard to find you know parts for some of these rare vehicles we certainly have the resources available to help assist with these uh, parts uh, you know finding sourcing Um, and of course we have flexible repair options as well so you know clients they have the choice to take the vehicle where they want to have the work done on it not everybody can work on a 72 mm-hmm. you know plymouth so they get to choose where they take their car and even if the uh, a lot the, a lot of our members will work on the vehicles themselves no one touches their car except for them we'll actually even reimburse them for the restoration labor should they want to go down that path so a lot of different avenues. So Mike,
0: Mike, on the other side of the scale, let's say I'm just some dude who doesn't know how to fix cars, but I bought a nice old one, and but I don't know where to take it. Do you have recommended shops?
3: Definitely. We've got a huge network available as well um, of, of, you know, repair shops. If if you want to source out, you know, where you want to take the vehicle done, maybe there's a particular, you know, paint that you want to have done on the vehicle and, and you don't want just anybody to do it, we can certainly help assist with, you know, shops in and around your area as well, because we, we, we certainly have built a big network. We're coast-to-coast here in Canada as well as in the U- United States. Um, and even we, we do have um, quick, just a quick little run-through here. Um, we've even got offices in the UK as well. So um, a lot of different options available for these, these vehicles and for parts as well. So um, we've even got a dedicated staff um that that's all they do is source out
0: the parts, I remember Dave had a Ferrari, and it took forever to find parts three years
1: <laughs> yeah, it took <laughs> it, three it, years yeah. and I finally got through to the factory and they helped me but the the reality was it's a three year restoration, and people that are involved in these classic cars don't realize that there's a whole world out there of of followers and and knowing who they are and getting in touch with them is the secret so does Haggerty have a office in in Italy?
3: We don't, unfortunately, know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they, if they want to open one up, they can certainly send me out there. I'll, I'll look after the shop. So but, you have uh, 1,400 employees. I mean, we, this we is not do. a
1: small operation.
3: We do. We've got a lot of a lot of resources available. And of course, we're not just in the uh, insurance side, like on our website as well. We've got valuation tools available. So, you know, should you have any questions, concerns, or even if you're looking for vehicles and and you want to start doing your research on it, you can certainly check there. That's a that's a perfect resource for you um, to to see what the market's doing on that uh, particular vehicle. And it gives you a lot of other resources as well. So sure. You can't just go look in the black book. Right. No, definitely not. It, it gives you actual, you know, auction sales, what's for sale online right now. It gives you uh, yearly trends. You can check to see what's, what's that vehicle done in the last three to five years. Um, and, of course, that's good for, you know, cars, trucks, and, and motorcycles are being built into that as well right now.
1: How, how is the collector car market doing?
3: It's, it's fantastic. Like, obviously, the world, we're all dealing with, a, you know, a, a different state right now with with covid going on but uh it's it's certainly going strong and and we've seen a huge pivot to not so much of the you know car shows in a parking lot or in a field to more hands on the wheel type driving mm. situations which is really what Haggerty is all about we one of our commitments or one of our uh, um, slogans is keep driving alive and keeping hands on the wheel so one of that is you know through cruises and tours which you know we've Seen a lot of you know different clubs that we're affiliated with move to that model which i think this year is going to be the same but you know the auctions they've really pivoted now as well to an online type sale so it's it's certainly a strong hobby right now and actually
1: watching Barrett jackson and they were bringing strong money yeah and and everything was, was selling i mean the reality is people people want to take some time
3: now for themselves definitely yeah it's uh being, uh, you, you can't go anywhere you do a project at home or work on a car mm. or take it out for a drive right so um i think people are really looking to you know look for family time and this is a great way that they can you know hop in a car and spend a day or a weekend with the family so
0: mike there, you know there's another part of this and and one of your slogans is if it's not your daily driver
3: why pay like it is you want to explain that yeah, So, uh, you know, all of our policies here, they're based on, you know, how these vehicles are used. And we all know they're not, you know, driven on a daily type basis. So our policies are agreed value, but our, our premiums are based on the usage. So on average, we're seeing premiums compared to regular auto insurance. You can save upwards of 43% mm-hmm. just by switching over to these, you know, collector type policies.
0: So in other words, don't pay for 365 days when you maybe only get 20 out of the whole season.
3: Well, exactly, right. We all know here, and especially Ontario, we're pretty uh season heavy, so we've got about four or six months of the year that we can drive them, so um you know that's definitely taken into consideration
1: and then you're actually not going to be abusing that car you that's It's your baby, so the reality oh. is you're
3: going to take a lot of care. of the the utmost care we we you know they're, they're treated like a family member almost. Uh, I, I look at my case you know I've got three kids I've got two girls plus my Oldsmobile Cutlass so um, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's how <laughs> it is it. right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How do people get in touch with Haggerty?
3: Yeah, so actually if you want to check us out online, like I was saying, there's a lot of different resources there. But feel free to check us out www.hagerty.ca ca forward slash dcg for dave's corner garage yep. or they can give us a call we we'll always look forward to uh chatting with you one 348 9369 can you
0: can again. you still can you still insure my old fishing boat or what Oh, give me a call. Let's talk.
1: <laughs> and then there's no, next time we have you on, we're going to talk about the club. You've got a magazine. You've got a, a Haggerty Club. You've got all this stuff, roadside service, everything that's it.
3: How about merch? They got merch, too? <laughs> there, There is some stuff. We will get into all of that. Like, like we are just not an insurance uh, brokerage. We are truly... Um, an automotive brand, and that's what we want to know. Like, we'll get into the digital, the media side as well. So lots lots on the plate here for us. I look us.
1: forward to getting you down here. Mike hey. Wilson is from Haggerty, so it's Haggerty.ca forward slash DCG. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very Appreciate much.
3: Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Wow, he loves cars, eh? Amazing stuff.
1: Really? You know what? I have a couple of classic cars, and uh, you do. You don't drive them very often. You wash them all the time, and it's a baby. I I was going to ask him which kid he liked the best, eh? He probably liked the The old one better. (laughs) Already, (laughs) when we come back, we're going to be talking CAA, government rules, towing services, and performance driving. Or you're not supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, we've got an interesting conversation coming up. Nobody buys more tow trucks services than the CAA. And we have with us her, Teresa DeFeliz. She's with the CAA. And we're going to talk about new legislation that's pending about licensing tow trucks. Lisa, good morning. How are you?
4: Good morning. How are you?
1: Oh, good. Any day, my My philosophy is if I wake up, it's a great day. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> exactly Provide, right. Provided your car starts,
0: too. <laughs> yeah. eh? That's also
1: important. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we'll make sure it's still like a great day.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Well, Teresa, over the last number of years, the, the tow truck industry has been sort of like the Wild West, eh? where people, are, people get raped and pillaged on a regular basis, unfortunately, and you guys are trying to change that situation. What are you up to?
4: Well, uh, for many, many years, we've been advocating for reform and changes to the tow truck industry and consumer protection in Ontario. So, uh, you know, we've, we've suggested that it needs to have more oversight. There needs to be a proper uh, oversight model mm-hmm. over this industry. And, um, and so we saw that uh, start to unfold this week with the introduction of new le- legislation.
1: So the legislation is going to be to license tow trucks uh, for operations just like anybody else's business.
4: Yeah, so there's it's it's a little bit deeper than that, um, you know, especially when it comes to talking about this is really a um, an essential service, right? You, you know, we need the the tow trucks there. There's a lot of good operators in Ontario, um, but to date, there is no formal requirement for licensing and certification and training it's in Ontario. It's pretty ad hoc. Some municipalities, you know, have bylaws about it, but um, this will create a a standard across Ontario about who's working on our roads, how they're working on our roads, how that impacts consumers who need those services or other industries who need need those services, and puts a a pretty rigorous um, new system in place to make sure that the things that haven't been going right. Uh, don't kind of fly under the radar or escalate to the point that they have and and put some some parameters in place to to try and mitigate some of what's happened.
0: Well, it seems like every once in a while you know on t v you hear you see you know a report how somebody's car got picked up at the side of the road and they signed a blank you know work order if they signed anything, the car was taken to a shop and then it took three months to get the car out of the shop. It's been pretty ugly could in in the past or even today, can I just go buy a used tow truck? Having no experience whatsoever and and cruise the highway?
4: Sort of, Uh, you know, it's, there were some rules put in place a few years ago to try to put some, some Mm -hmm. measures in place, but, you know, you and I could go work for a tow truck company tomorrow without any formal training, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, depending on who the owner of that company is or or who you are, obviously some, some do it better than others and have, you know, on the job training. There are courses out there that you can take. Um, But yeah, there, there is no standard that says the, each tow truck driver, anyone who's wants to drive a tow truck has been certified has been trained and and that's going to change with this bill that's this so bill surprising a Whole new like licensing yeah
1: so surprising well I'm, and i i was going to say when yeah, i was a kid we, and the popcorn guy was selling popcorn he had a license on the side of his little buggy and then and yet tow trucks are not licensed it's what about insurance what about liabilities
4: yeah, and, and there is a different insurance for tow trucks. Obviously, the type of work they're doing, and they're carrying your precious cargo and mine, and, um, you know, they're, they're, they do have light different licensing classifications or insurance classifications. But, yeah, it is a little bit surprising, and I think that's where we've seen a lot of liberties that have happened, uh, especially when it comes to collisions. So I will say the bulk of the work that happens are, like, by organizations like us. I mean, most of our, our work is not collisions, but mm-hmm. collisions are where we've seen things real get kind of uh, crazy and but also on some of those just break down a a tire blowout you know a couple years ago there was a big news story about a man who was you know driving his his son to uh, university on the way back his tire blew out next thing you know he had a twelve thousand dollar bill and uh, couldn't get his vehicle and the media got involved and police got involved uh, so that, that shows you just how bad it can get, and in some instances that some operators aren't, um, are creating more of a problem than, than other operators. Well, so. don't forget,
0: when your car breaks down and, you know, you're in the middle of going somewhere, you're, you're pretty, you know, susceptible to anything. Like, you want anybody to sort of help you out in a jam, and all of a sudden somebody shows up with a tow truck, and the assumption is, uh, wrongly, obviously, that you can trust any of them, and you can't. But if you do have CAA membership, by all means, you can call CAA, Correct.
4: Oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, we're pretty proud of the fact that at CAA, you know, we have over 2 million members in Ontario. Um, you know, we we have uh, a best in class, but, you know, our experience, not just a breakdown in, sometimes it's you go start your car and it's not starting in your in your garage or your driveway and we've got those types of services but even how we triage a a highway call right that Mm -hmm. is like priority highway calls and i would say you know pet or child locked in car those are our number one priorities those get handled a completely different way uh with a, a lot of eyes to make sure that a truck is getting there as fast as possible because those are our high risk situations and so we pride ourselves and we we know we have a loyal membership um uh, you know, in terms of having that peace of mind and that trust uh, so that you don't have to guess, And you know, is the person standing in front of you a good guy or a bad guy, exactly, right? Yeah. So, um,
1: Now, you you just did a survey. Uh, and 74% of the drivers agreed that stricter penalties, increased fines would discourage drivers from performing stunt driving. And so we were talking about these guys on the 407 this morning uh, racing up and down the street. This is a serious issue also.
4: Right. So the legislation that was introduced this week has a a few components to it. So other than towing and putting in a whole new system for oversight of the towing industry, um, it's also looking at street racing and stunt driving. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's currently called a stunt driving law and it's for it covers a lot of behaviors. It covers excessive speeding of 50 kilometers over the speed limit and things like donuts and intersections. We've seen some news stories recently of that. And this would put some new measures in place as well to address those behaviors that are happening. We're seeing a lot more of it, not just on the highways because, you know, there's less traffic, but even in residential streets. And so this this legislation is aiming to tackle that one as well. You know, we
1: have to applaud the CAA for stepping up and, and actually doing all this uh, most of us just sit back and wait and you guys are proactive
4: well thank you I mean at CAA our, our you know, mission is first and foremost around safety and and making sure that Ontarians can move around the province safely, whether they're uh, in a car, on foot, on bike, um, you know, whatever it may be, how they're getting around. Of course, even when we could travel by planes, we look at that as well. And our advocacy is focused on uh, what are the right things to ensure that um, sharing the road happens, that there's safety, uh, where there are gaps, where we're seeing behaviours that People aren't adjusting themselves. The Mm -hmm. only thing to do then is to look at legislation and enforcement and penalties. And so that's what this week uh, came in with work that we've been focused on for quite a long time. And we're pleased that legislation has happened quickly on some of these things to address um, some of the problems that are uh, causing huge safety concerns.
0: Well, let's hope that if, uh, you know, the threat of losing your license for 30 days rather than seven is a better idea. And, of course, that they're going to keep your car for a much longer period of time. And and then you have to pay for storage. (laughs) Which is like five grand. Oh, huge money. Huge money. Teresa, thank you very much for joining us today. We
1: really do appreciate it.
4: My pleasure. It was great talking to you guys and have a great rest of your day. And this is
1: the CAA, which is the Southern Ontario.
4: South Central Ontario. Ontario. You got it wrong.
1: You got a phone number?
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh well you know you can look us up online at casco.com uh if you're in need of a tow star 222 is uh, the quickest way to reach us um of course there's lots of other benefits of being a ca member that people mm-hmm. can go look into if you want to know more about the towing stuff that i, I started to talk about today there's more safetoes.ca and you can even email your mpp there to tell
1: them you support them going ahead and making sure that this happens with that's a great idea side of the industry Teresa, I'm so glad you idea.
0: didn't mention the insurance part of it, because Dave will just go my on. My
1: pace! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he won't stop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I saved oh, three thousand so bucks. <laughs> That's amazing. It really is. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you so much for taking time. Take care. Bye bye. After the break, Dave, what are we doing? Uh we're gonna talk about the auto show that doesn't exist. <laughs> Okay. All righty. were have a ghost caller gonna, or something? Yeah, they're looking at returning the auto show in 2022. So let's talk about auto shows. All right. This is Dave's
0: Corner Garage. Down to the last few minutes, but uh, we'll be right back.
1: All righty, we're back. Uh, my name's Dave Redinger, and I'm with Alan Gelman. You know, Dave, uh, before the break, you were
0: talking about a popcorn. Yeah. We got a popcorn. <laughs> we got a hot of chestnuts.
1: Well, we got no chips. <laughs> we don't got no chips is what? right. <laughs> it's absolutely correct. What do we do? Well, do you know what? Uh, these computer chips are really a problem for General Motors, who's going to be closed until June. Uh, they produce the... Um, uh, Equinox. Equinox, yeah, which is the second best-selling vehicle in North America, and they can't produce them. Best-selling vehicle, by the way, for GM is the Sierra pickup truck.
0: But all the manufacturers, except for Hyundai, have had issues because yes, exactly they can't right. build the cars. I mean, they can put the fenders on, the wheels on, but they can't work the electrics unless they have these
1: microchips. Which leaves you the question is, how did they get themselves in this situation? Because and- they all depended
0: on the same suppliers. That's exactly And correct. those guys are down. So a lot of these companies now are looking into uh, trying to source them elsewhere.
1: And, uh, you know, the only one that's smart here, i got to be honest, we have two companies, Magna, uh-huh. who's designing their own chips and yes. will produce them, and Tesla, who's designed their, who has, has past tense to design their own chips and is producing them. And Hostess. And
0: They're making their own chips, too. (laughs) Probably
1: correct. So the reality is the lack of of chips means no new cars, means that used cars will go up in value if you can find one. Mm -hmm. So the reality, if you're looking for a used car, be prepared to pay. If you're doing a lease, uh, don't give back your car because you won't be able to replace it. You may have to buy your car out. So find a new one first is what you're saying. And if you do go to the dealership, they have cars, but you can't be
0: particular. Like you may have had your heart set on a red one. Yeah. But... Hey, you want a car? You're going to have to take the silver. Well, off. it's
1: it's more than that. You may find the dealership will want to buy your car because they need product to sell. Mm-hmm. So the reality is the whole market is upset. Putting on top of that, the Americans are buying Canadian used cars because our dollar's 80 cents, so they're getting a 20% discount. Uh, the market right now in the automotive business is upside down.
0: But what are you saying? I had my heart set on salt and vinegar, but I may have to take a barbecue flavor. 're
1: exactly correct. Now, we're also going to talk about the auto show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're saying that it's coming back in 2022, Good. which is next year. Uh, but it's not going to be the same show because of COVID. Uh, they're saying that we're going to have to have distancing, we're going to have to have masks, and uh, it's going to be a complete different show, but they want to bring it back because it's the start of the car business. Right. It gets people
0: you know, primed and ready to go out. It's usually held in the, in the springtime, early in the yeah. spring. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's a great way for people to see what all the new manufacturers have come out with.
1: Well, it's traditionally, it's the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, March is the people start looking for new cars and they're hopefully in May they're, they're purchasing. So, the auto show's got a really important part to play in the marketplace and yet it's good entertainment. I mean, you get out of the cold, you get to walk around.
0: So, is it going to be a virtual show or an no, actual show?
1: The virtual show didn't sell. Okay. The manufacturers didn't step up. They thought they could do better mm-hmm. by themselves on the internet rather than having another third party doing it so they so, ended we may,
0: up, so you're saying we may go back for example to the convention center that's correct but they're gonna limit the number of people in correct. To, okay
1: it'll be a different type of show but it's going to be a show and uh, some shows are, are now uh, in Japan apparently there's an auto show going on mm-hmm. so they're trying to bring them back but this is a pretty large industry and the reality is not not to lose it they have to do something to keep it going.
0: And find chips for cars so that they got cars to sell.
1: It's a crazy business. I got to be honest with you. To be in the car business right now, you got to be nuts. (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely got to be nuts. Well,
0: let's say congratulations to your brother for taking a
1: time. Yeah, my brother's retired. Yeah, he took a time off. All right, cool. uh, So uh, who knows what he's going to do?
0: All right, we want to thank Brian Max for coming on. Yes. Brian's got a great website on YouTube. You can check all the different cars he's test driven. Mike Mike Wilson Wilson from Haggerty. If you've got a collector car and looking to save money and get better coverage than you could anyways, give Haggerty a call. And thank you as well to Teresa DeFelice from CAA, you know, trying to firm up, make our roads safer always.
1: Exactly. And CAA, congratulations to them for stepping up. I mean, somebody's got to do it, and uh, that's about it. So, remember, keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down. We'll see you back here next week. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and have a great, great weekend. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: everyone it's time to get this show on the road time for dave's corner garage your saturday morning joyride on zoomer radio got a car question for dave or alan call now 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740 okay
1: al go ahead and hit it Good morning and welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage and we've got a nice lineup for you this morning. Really interesting show coming up. We're going to be talking with, uh, start off with Mike Wilson who is with uh, Haggerty Insurance. It's a new sponsor for us. Yes. Uh, Haggerty is uh, in the classic car market and uh, actually started in boats. It's going to be an interesting story how they started, and Mike's going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Brian Max is going to join us. Brian is going to talk about the EV market, electric vehicles. The market is growing, and everybody's in, a, in it. And that
0: that, that that in itself is a big thing, only because Brian Max is, you know, Mr. Clutch, Mr. Yeah. High-Performance Gas Cars. Yes,
1: exactly Now right. he's
0: going to be Talking about electric cars, Hmm.
1: yes, and we're going to talk about the market and how it's growing. Uh, One of the uh, CEOs of Hyundai, he actually said that this is going to be a marathon, not a race. It's going to take quite a while for EVs to take over the market, Mm -hmm. and part of the problem is the infrastructure is not there actually for these vehicles, so uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be like... uh, Electrifying. Yeah. Electrifying. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Then we're going to be talking with Teresa DeFelice, and she's with the CAA, and the government is finally going to be doing something about the towing companies. Uh, We're going to be licensing towing trucks, and we're going to be talking also about... (laughs) Performance driving. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. We look forward to doing this. Uh, we'll start the conversation, actually, between Alan and me.
0: Exactly. But, yeah. you know, but you talk about performance driving. Performance driving is okay if you're on the racetrack.
1: Yes. We actually go to Cayuga and, uh, and let it all hang out. Performance uh, driving, however, is not good on a 4 Series highway. And you know what? The reason being is because traffic is down, Uh-huh. and uh, these guys go ahead and... You know, that amazes me. It's like when you go on the uh, 407. Right. I mean, they're doing 160, and then you're doing like 100 or 110, and 110, and it's like they're right up your back. Is there no enforcement? What's going on there? Uh, as far as I know, the OPP is licensed to... Uh, to enforce it, but I never see many cops on the on the line. Right, they right, Actually, right, know right. where they are. They're at one bridge just shy of uh, Pine Valley. Oh, that's so, where the cops hide out. Yeah, that's where they hide uh, out. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay.
0: But and the bad guys know you're saying.
1: And they know where it's going to go. So, but the bottom line is, the 407 is like an absolute racetrack, and it does bother me.
0: After the break, what are we going to be talking about?
1: We're going to be talking about a young lady by the name of Mary who wrote us an email about her car shutting off when she comes to a stop. And uh, I find that fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well,
0: uh, we've got a great show ahead, and uh, we're going to get back to to Dave and my conversation right after this break. Yes. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.